Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Great. Uh, am I coming through? Can you hear me? There we go. Great. Uh, fantastic to be here this morning. Who's uh, happy to be in church this morning? Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, I've got the absolute privilege of uh, uh, continuing our, our series this morning, uh, which Josh uh, started on last week, which was brilliant. I encourage you, if you weren't there for, uh, uh, for last week, for last Sunday, listen to the podcast. It was a, a great, great message. Uh, our series uh, for these next few weeks is, Who is this man? Just repeat it after me. One, two, three. Who is this man? You know, we often ask this question of different people, you know, it might be someone in your life, you think, who is this person? You know, who are they? Uh, but we're asking this question about Jesus. We're asking, you know, who is this man? There's, there's many questions that are thrown about, about Jesus. Some people say, you know, uh, he was a good teacher. Some people say he was just an ordinary man. But we are looking at who is this man? And obviously uh, today, Sunday is uh, Palm Sunday, it's already been mentioned, it's a, a really, really special Sunday in the, the Christian calendar and it's uh, something I'm going to be unpacking and, and, and talking about today, which is uh, really, really exciting. So we're just going to get straight into it and read from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11, which will be on the screen. So this is what it says, it says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others comped branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now, uh, who here, just by uh, a show of hands, who would like to say um, and, and kind of think of themselves of, quite perceptive. So you, uh, you, you see things in other people, you might say you're quite observant. Who would say that about themselves? A few people, so not many people actually. Uh, so that, that is one of the things that I you know, like to think about myself, that sometimes I am quite perceptive or uh, see different situations and able to, to see things in, in other situations. But um, you know, I don't know about you, but often I've found in my life that I've thought something of a situation or thought something of someone else and it's been completely different to what I originally thought. I thought, wow, you know, I thought I was observant, but actually I was, I was nowhere near what I was thinking. You know, so sometimes we might have that situation where, you know, we've all done it before. You look outside as you're getting ready for the day. You think, wow, it looks 
quite sunny outside. Look, I'm, I'm not going to take a coat, but you go outside and it's absolutely freezing. You think, wow, I should have took a coat. Or, you know, maybe you have a situation, uh, you know, um, maybe when a bit younger, I know when I was a, a teenager, I had this, you know, a few times where, you know, you see a, a smile from someone of the opposite sex and you think, yeah, she likes me. Yeah, 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 she definitely likes me. And then uh, you go and, you know, talk to that person and you and she's like, no, no, I was just being friendly, you know, I know, no, no, I'm just, just a friend, you know, you know, and it's that confusion, I thought, wow, I really thought she liked me, but, um, you know, may, maybe it's just me, but I think we have these situations where, you know, we, 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 we see something and we think one thing, but actually, um, the truth is completely different. You know, you could say that um, things aren't often as they seem, or you could say it in another way that, there's actually more than meets the eye. Yeah, so you see a situation and there's more happening than what you actually see in your eye. And I've just got a few, um, who likes optical illusions? Anyone? So a few people, I've just got a few optical illusions just uh, on the same point of uh, there is more than meets the eye. Uh, So this is the first one just going to come up on the screen. So this is a, a picture, but it's an optical illusion. You can't actually see it. So, no, I'm joking. It's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari, yeah. No worries. I don't think it's, it's coming up on the screen, so, so, so no worries. But the point is, is, is basically, there's, there's many situations in our life, you know, even when we see something. You know, you might have seen those illusions before where they're asking you, what colour? There was that one that went around on Facebook years ago. I think it was, what colour was that dress? And some people were saying one colour, some were saying another. And, you know, we all see things in different ways. And sometimes we see something and we have an idea in our mind, but actually the reality is completely, completely different. So this brings me on to Jesus. You know, sometimes people look at Jesus and they'd say, you know, he's just a, a clever guy, you know. Actually, you know, Jesus... He wasn't really that strong. He was a bit of a weak person, you know. You know, I, I actually, he said some nice words, but there was nothing special about him. But there's just two points that I want to bring out about Jesus, about actually that, that there is more than meets the air. There's a lot more than, than, than what you would see originally. So point number one, I've got Jesus sees the bigger picture. Jesus sees the bigger picture. So if we're going back to those verses, we're talking about Palm Sunday. So what was happening at, at that time is that Jesus and his disciples, you know, his followers, they were coming into Jerusalem for the festival uh, called uh, the Passover. So uh, this was a massive, massive celebration in the, the Jewish calendar. They, they still celebrate it today. And for, for those of you who don't know what the Passover is, I just recommend you to go and read from uh, Exodus uh, has anyone seen the film The Prince of Egypt? Yeah, yeah it's a, a, a great cartoon that kind of depicts a little bit of that story. Um, and basically uh, what the Passover was is that the Jews every year would celebrate uh, what God did in terms of releasing them from slavery in Egypt. So this was a, a big deal for them. You know, this was a massive celebration for them. So Jesus and his disciples, what they were doing is they were going into Jerusalem for this celebration that was uh, that week. And what was happening was, is that actually in the, the place of Jerusalem, a lot of people knew Jesus already. You know, they, they knew who he was. They had an understanding. 
And uh, part of the reason for that was that actually, um, you'll see a few uh, kind of chapters before, is that Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead, was not far away from Jerusalem, from, from that area. So, you know, if, just imagine here, if, if someone in Mansfield prayed for someone and they got raised from the dead, they'd be pretty famous, wouldn't they? Yeah. You know, everyone would know who they are. It'd probably be, you know, today it would be in the papers. People would, you know, be talking about it all the time. So just think about that. You know, Jesus said, raise someone from the dead. So he was pretty popular already. People knew who he was. You know, he wasn't just this no one or this random person, but people knew who he was. But what we have to understand is, is that actually at that time, what the people expected and saw in Jesus was a lot different to what his mission and what he was planning to do for the future. See, we have to understand that the Jews at that time, God's people, what they were experiencing is that they were under, under Roman oppression. So they were ruled by the Romans, the Romans like ruled over them and they didn't like this at all. They wanted to be free. And they knew that God was going to send them the Messiah. And we know now that Jesus you know, was and is the Messiah, but they had a completely different picture to what they thought the Messiah was going to be. So just to, just to paint a picture, this is what they thought. They thought in their mind, they had this picture in their mind, they're like, right, so you know, we're, we're oppressed by the Romans. Like, what, what God's going to do is he's going to send the Messiah. And what this guy's going to do, he's going to come on this horse He's going to be this massive, muscly figure. He's going to be this, um, this, this figure just leads us into battle. You know, almost like something out of Braveheart. This guy's going to lead us straight in. You know, we're going to take him. We're going to defeat the Romans. We're going to do all these amazing things. But actually, when you look at these verses, when you look at, at Jesus, you know, he came riding in on a donkey. Yeah. It's like, what? Like, I don't know about you, but I look at these verses and I think, Jesus, you could have picked any animal you wanted. You know what? You know, the son of God, you know, if he wanted, he could have clicked his fingers and said, you know what? I'm going to ride in on a lion. That will show people, you know, victorious. I'm going to come in right on this lion. People will look at me. People will see what I'm doing. People will notice me straight away. How cool would that be riding on a lion? Wow, that would be amazing. But, you know, he could have picked anything. He could have picked the best horse you know, the most muscly, pristine looking horse. But, you know, Jesus picks a donkey. A donkey. You're thinking, what, like just this average animal? Doesn't really ride that fast. It kind of looks a bit average, you know. You know, that animal that you pay for your kids to have a ride on at the beach. You know what I mean? Like, if that still happens today, that's what happened when I was when I was young. You know, a couple of pounds, just a little stroll on a donkey on the beach. Like, just this ordinary, ordinary animal. You're thinking, Jesus, why why aren't you coming on the horse? Why you know why are you why are you doing that? But actually, I think Jesus was showing the the type of person that he was and the mission that he had for that time. See, if we if we understand what does a donkey symbolise? looking into this, the donkey actually symbolises peace. You see, Jesus didn't come in on a horse to fight the Romans, to, 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 to raise up a battle with a sword and to kill and defeat people. But actually, he came in a symbol of peace. You know, he came on an ordering animal, you know, symbolising that actually he didn't just come for the people who deserved him. 
You know, the people who had everything together, the people who were high in society, but it came for, for you and for me, the, the ordinary people of this world, for every single person. This is what it symbolised to the people there. You see, what we find there is that actually the Jews, they had this idea that Jesus was going to come and just save them from the Romans. But Jesus said, no, I've got a bigger plan. I'm not just going to save you. I'm going to save the whole world. I've got such a bigger plan than that. I'm going to save the whole world from sin and from death. So if you look at John chapter 3, verse 16, famous verse, it says, For God so loved the world. Every single person, not just one person or, or two different people. He loved the world. They gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I think this illustrates to us in our own lives how so many different times we can have our, 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 our view blocked, you know, almost like you have a, a visor over your head and you just see your situation in your own life and you think, God, why can't you do this for me? And God, why can't you give me this, this job promotion that I want? And God, why can't you sort out this, get this financial situation or this relationship? And God, why are you not doing this in this time and in my way and how I'd like to expect it? But God says, you know what, look, look wider. I have a plan for you. I know what I'm doing. You know, God sees the bigger picture. You know, we don't understand it all the time. We don't understand why things happen as, as they do or in, in a certain timing or a certain way. But we've got to trust and understand that Jesus, that God sees the bigger picture. You know, even in your situation right now, you might not understand what's going on, but God knows what's going on. You know, he's working in the background. Even though you might not understand it, God is still there with you. He's he's not forgotten about you. He knows your situation. He knows what you're going through. But he says, rest. Be rest assured that I'm with you. I've got a bigger plan, a bigger purpose that you could not understand in your own mind right now. I've got a bigger purpose and a plan for your life. You see, actually, there is more than meets the eye. You know, you might just see the things that are happening right now, might not understand, but God sees the bigger picture. And we have to understand that there's more than what we see at that time. See, there's, there's many situations in my life where I've experienced the same thing. You know, even um, when I went to, it's, uh, I can't believe it, but I was thinking about it this week, but it's been almost 10 years before, um, since I, I went to, to Bible college. And uh, as I was preparing for that, I had an idea in my mind of what was going to happen. So, you know, I guess I was a bit naive at, at the age of, of 18. But what I was thinking in my head is that, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to have three years at a Bible college. I'll, you know, meet the, the perfect woman who's going to become my wife. And, you know, I'll learn everything about the Bible. And, you know what, I'll just go straight into a church and be into full-time ministry straight away. But the reality is it didn't work out like that. And that's what I had in my mind at the beginning. But I'm so thankful that that is not what happened because that wouldn't have been the best thing. Looking back on it, I know that actually I didn't learn, you know, everything that I needed to learn at Bible College. And actually, sometimes I have more questions now than I did at the beginning of that journey. 
You know, and, and it wouldn't have been right to, to, to find someone because now, you know, uh, me and Joanna have uh, been married for, for just over a year. You know, I found Joanna after Bible college. And it's been, been amazing. You know, it wouldn't have been right to find one, uh, someone at that time. But, but God sees every situation and he knows what he's doing. He understands what you're going through and he sees the bigger picture. You know, when God asks you to do something, I think sometimes we can... You know, ask God for an explanation. Be like, well, God, why do you want me to do that? You know, why now? Why? But sometimes we should just understand what he's saying and just do it. You know, when, when Jesus asked the disciples, he said, go and find this donkey, you know, and bring it to me. Like, if I was that person, I'd be thinking, Jesus, a donkey, why are you asking me to go and get this? Why don't you just go and get it yourself? But they didn't ask questions. They just went and got it. So that was my first point. Uh, point number two. Jesus rides in victory. Uh, Turn to your neighbour and say, Jesus rides in victory. There are two things that I I just want to have a look in these verses that I think really pulls out uh, this, this point about Jesus riding in victory. So there are two things. So firstly, uh, you will notice when we read the verses that there were these, uh, um, these palm, palm trees in the area and they, they took the branches down and they put the palm leaves on the ground and were using them to, to praise Jesus as he was coming through into Jerusalem. And you know, that's, that's not by accident, but actually when you look at what they symbolised uh, in that time, in that day, is that palm trees were, sim- uh, were a symbol of victory and of peace. And secondly, probably more importantly, uh, we find in Matthew chapter 21, verses 9, uh, the, the, the things that uh, they were shouting over Jesus. This is what it said. It says, the crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Now, you've probably heard, you know, probably the, the key word in, in that verse is Hosanna. You probably heard it in some songs, maybe for those who've been in church for, for, for many years, you've heard it in, in different songs, uh, that word that's been used. And I think sometimes you can use that word without really understanding, well, what does Hosanna mean? You know, what does it mean when they're saying Hosanna to Jesus? And as I was looking at this word in the Bible, I actually found that there were a, a few different meanings. So actually we find in the, uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the first user of the words uh, Hosanna is used in Psalm 118 verse 25 where it says, it's translated to say, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. So this word Hosanna was like a, a plea to God. It's like, God, please save me. God, please do this for me. God, please help me in my situation. Please, please, please do this. So it's like a plea to God. But actually, in these verses... Uh, where we're reading in Matthew chapter 21, verses 9, it's not used to, to, as, a, as a plea for God to save us. It's not, God, please save us. But actually, they are using it in a different way. It's a word of praise. And it's actually meaning, God, thank you for saving us. They're not saying, please save us. They're saying, God, thank you for saving us. And I think that's an interesting point because there's such a slight, slight kind of change in mindset from, God, please save us, to God, thank you for saving me. Because I think sometimes, I have it in my own life, that we don't realise that, 
You know, we're, we're, we're pleading with God, please do this, please do that. But actually, God's already beside us. You know, he already goes uh, before us in, in our situations. You know, we have to realise that actually we have to move from a place of, oh, please, God, help me, help me in my situation, to God, you know what? I realise that you are for me, yeah. that God, you are with me. Yeah. God, that you go before me in every situation. God, I thank you that you've already given me the victory. God, I thank you, Lord, that even though everything around me seems dark and dim, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I thank you, God, that you've already given me the victory. So we have to move from an understanding of, God, please just save me, to actually, God, you're already with me. You know, we sang it this morning. You know, um, uh, I see you move, move the mountains. Uh, You're going to see you do it again. We have to remember that actually God provided for us in that situation before. You know, there was that situation where we didn't know what was going to happen, but actually God came through for us. And we have to remember that in our situation now that God is with us, that God's beside us, that Jesus rides in victory in every situation. So we move from God, please save me, to God, thank you. For saving me. Thank you, God, that you're always here. You know, it's a, you know, when you start to thank God for what he's already done, it changes your mindset. You realise that actually, you know what, there's nothing to worry about. Literally, there is nothing to worry about because God has every situation in his hands. He has everything in the palm of his hands. And I think, you know, isn't it interesting that riding up to the biggest week in Jesus' life, that actually there's such a strong declaration of victory. You know, the people didn't know at that time what was going to happen to Jesus. They, did, they, did, they wouldn't have realised that he would have gone up on a cross and died, but Jesus knew in his heart. He knew what was going to happen. And I just think, isn't it such an amazing, amazing thought that in the biggest week of his life, right at the beginning, that there's so many, so many signs of victory So many declarations of victory. And you know what? I I just want to say that over your situation and over your own life. You know, when there might be times that you you feel like you're walking into uncertainty, you're walking into a new situation, you don't know what's going to happen. I just want to assure you that God goes before you. Jesus already has the victory. It doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. That every situ- you know, everything's going to fall into place in, in the way that you think it's going to fall into place. But we can rest assured that God goes before us. He rides in victory. Even when you enter the darkest moments of your life, God is there with you. He's, he's there beside you. He's, he's riding alongside you and he goes before you in your situation. You see, you have to know that God is for you. You know, if there's anyone here, here this morning, you know, there might be someone here today who, who, who has got that thought that, that actually, you know, God's against me, that God punishes me for everything that I do, that God's just waiting for me to slip up. He's got a wagging finger. He's, he, he doesn't love me, but actually the Bible tells us that he loves us so, so deeply, that he's for you, he's not against you, that he goes before you. You know, the, the reason we, we celebrate this week is because it is the greatest declaration of love that this world has ever seen. That someone would lay down their life for the sins of the world, for, for everything that you and me have done, so undeserved, he would just take all the punishment for you and for me. And I think that's an amazing thought. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, 
But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, as we go on to this week, you know, Jesus didn't die for you when everything was rosy and when you felt like, you know, you were at your best moment and you were uh, looking amazing to everyone else. But Jesus died in mind of our worst moments. You know, those situations that we don't want to tell people about. The, the, when we have those, those thoughts or when we've done that thing that we couldn't imagine that we'd ever do, Jesus died for us at that moment. When we think that no one else would, would love us in the moments of our weakness, Jesus did. Jesus loves us in our, in our moments of weakness. And you know what? We can look at, at this next week in such an amazing way. I think sometimes people look at the Easter week and think like all solemnly and just think, oh, uh, you know, Jesus went through this and, you know, uh, just think, just feel really sad for for the suffering and, and everything that happened. But you know what? We can look back at that moment and think, wow, that was amazing. Jesus had the biggest victory that this world has ever seen. And we can step up and, you know, step and look through this, this victory and be thankful to God and say, God, we thank you for this week. We thank you for what you did because you paid the price and you laid away a victory that no one else could do. You did something that no one else could do. You laid a path of victory for us all. You know what? I'd, I'd just love to, to pray for you uh, this morning. And I just encourage you just, you know, just... For, for people's privacy, would you just please close your eyes or, or, or bow your head? And You know, if, if you've come this morning and you say, you know what, Nathan, uh, I don't really know this Jesus. I've heard about him before, and, but I don't really know him that well. And, you know, if you want to make a decision this morning, I, I'd encourage you, it's the best decision you can ever make. If you want to say, you know what, Nathan, I want to know this Jesus. I want to, I want to commit and I want to follow him. And I want to learn more about this Jesus. If that's you this morning, I'd just love to, to, to pray for you. If that's a declaration, if that's something you want to say this morning, I just encourage you in this place just to, to lift up your hand. Thank you.